Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. I am super psyched because Michelle Baker is with us today. She is an award-winning international keynote speaker, sales confidence igniter, authentic selling zealot, and co-founder of Shift Co. Global, a business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs. Michelle, along with her team, specializes in training conscious business and sales leaders to inspire buyers' emotional connections to their products and offerings. Who doesn't want to be inspired? Michelle is an amazing gift of clarity, renowned for her no-nonsense, unique approach to sales success. It's scientifically supported to create intentional behavior changes that deliver contagious confidence. Welcome. Yes, yes. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. I I love how, you know, we got connected by someone, chatted, you know, drifted, came back. (laughs) Life gets lifey, as a girlfriend of mine says. Yeah. So let's talk about contagious confidence, because I think you need contagious confidence to do sales. Yes. Well, you, you really don't. It just makes it easier. <laughs> okay. so, you know, uh, contagious confidence. So many people think about confidence and they think cocky, right? Mm. It's not something that many people think that they could acquire and they think about it as something, you know, elusive, right? You hear me more people talk about the imposter syndrome than you do about confidence which I find interesting because they're like almost the polar opposite. So contagious confidence to me is when you have it and you give it away, right? Your confidence actually infects or affects other people and it becomes contagious to be in your presence. Right now, contagious in my presence is a little nerve wracking. Don't be bringing me COVID. <laughs> confidence, yes. COVID, no. <laughs> I Did I mention I'm a little crazy? <laughs> You're good. It's all good. It's all good. So one of the ways we connected was because of ShiftCo. And I'd love to talk about that because you are a connector, you're a collaborator. I think I am too. I might have not as much contagious confidence, but I do love to connect with people. I love to be able to help them when I can. So let's talk ShiftCo 
and why you got involved in it, what rocks your world about it, the whole nine yards. Well, Chipco is a, a business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs. And just for a clear little differentiation or delineation, a conscious entrepreneur, they are driven by a transformation or a personal experience. And that's what they want to help other people to experience or help other people to transform. Yeah. A traditional entrepreneur is more driven by money. Right. Not that they won't make impact, but their bottom line is money. Will it sell? Will people buy it? That's the traditional way. And that's the way business runs. So having said that, traditional uh, or conscious entrepreneurs generally struggle with the money aspect because they're so focused. They sometimes almost feel guilty that <laughs> around it. So the community was created because we're in a current state that humanity to heal that you can't look for governments to do that anymore. Um, and that the business sector really has a responsibility to empower their employees. So when we help conscious entrepreneurs thrive, we change and impact the world. So that is why I'm a part of it because I understand and that's that was been my driving factor and it was my struggle for a while too because I couldn't marry the way traditional business was taught uh, because everything I do has meaning and matters greatly to me. Right. Now, I believe you were in traditional corporate life before this, right? Yes. Yeah, way, I did. way back in the day, like me, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I did. Uh, um, I sold. I was in sales. So I did um, uh, pharmaceuticals, medical devices, and biotech. And what allowed me to thrive in those environments is because I had autonomy. Right. So because I had autonomy, even though I was in a traditional role, I ran my territory like it was my business and I treated my, my clients or my rousters the way I wanted to treat them, which was exceptionally well. They were very loyal to me. Right. And it, it garnered me a lot of favor and a lot of opportunity. And most of my, most of my managers couldn't figure out why my clients liked me so much. <laughs> I can see why they liked you. I mean, the thing is, is so every time I've worked, when I worked in corporate, which, you know, goes back. 20 years? <laughs> I think it's about 20 years. I don't know. I don't want to age myself too much, but it might, be, might even be 25. And when I worked in corporate, as long as I had what I call my little fiefdom, I was happy. And it could be the smallest little thing in the world. As long as I got to run my own little corner, I was a very happy critter, which should have been the first indicator that I was entrepreneurial. <laughs> Because then I went to work for a job where I wasn't anymore and I didn't have that sort of autonomy you talk about and I was miserable. So, and I also always had to work for companies that really stood for something. And it, it you know, listen, I work for AIG, but I worked on the international side. And so the people who I worked with in that area, in that division, they stood for their clients. They really cared about them in that particular division. Now, AIG is a pretty big corporation. It's a different mindset. I often say, too, that the best lessons I learned about business were at AIG. The good, wow. bad, and the ugly. Nice. You know, all of them. But it was a great foundation for me. And I think it allows us to then understand that mindset. So we're either when we're dealing with people who have just come from corporate and they're going into this, I, this path of conscious entrepreneurship, 
or if we're actually like selling to corporate that we can understand how they how they think because it's different yeah it's a very different mindset from an entrepreneur to someone who wants a 9 to 5 God bless my husband. He wants a nine to five. He doesn't, and he works longer than nine to five. Okay. But he wants a traditional job with a traditional paycheck. And he likes having his uh, benefits. What's the word? I'm like, social media, what? Benefits. And he likes having um, all, I was thinking, I think I was thinking social security and couldn't get it out. So he likes having benefits and all those kinds of things. And, and I, I have a lot of people say, well, don't you wish your husband were an entrepreneur? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we got an entrepreneur in the family. I like that we have benefits. He's great. He's a good man. He's steady on. He, he, you know, he goes, he works really hard. He collects his paycheck. God bless him, right? We need folks like that. But we also need conscious entrepreneurs. And I think this country is built on small business. Yeah. It's not the big guys who are going to pull us out of a lot of this mess. Exactly. I have a little bit of a mess here. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. And that's why I'm very passionate about helping small business owners to, you know, I work business leaders and sales leaders to identify, to work with more of the client, their ideal buyers that they love to work with. Because it's just really different. It's a different business. It's a different experience for the business owner, for their employees, for the client, where people are doing work they love. Not just to cover the bill, because you get a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I just had a call yesterday from someone and so many people like, I don't know if I, you know, I sometimes I'm like, I'm not a free song. Wonder why all these people confess to me. The young lady was saying she was desperate. Right. And, you know, and I was just like, my heart hurt because when you're in a desperate situation to sell, you're not going to sell. You are like literally repelling money energetically are, yeah. emotionally everything about you you like because you know you're desperate if you're talking to someone they sense desperation they don't know it's desperation they just know that there's something slightly off and it erodes that trust right um, factor for them to say yes to working with you and so yeah but you know here she is right and you know so teaching that has become incredibly fun because it's that whole, you know, so one of the traditional terms called pipeline, right. it's a real thing, right? And if you do not maintain a pipeline, you will always struggle in business. And that's what most small business owners do. They, they, they go out to try to get the work. And then when they get the work, they start fulfilling the work. And while they're fulfilling the work, they're not getting the work. So then the income goes down and they go out and they get the work. Like, so it, it's this ebb and flow. And learning how to just keep it up is the only way you, your business will go up. Right. And then once it goes up for a period of time, psychologically, you cease the worry. And that's when people hit that that thing where it just keeps growing. Right. But that, that whole little, I don't want to know what you want to call that. Like all of a sudden now I'm like, huh, I want to write about that. Seriously. No, I think, I think it's worth writing about because I look at last week. And I look at my calendar and I have client work. And so I have different, I have color coding on my calendar. Okay. So I'm one of those people. So I have uh, any client work is dark green. And then any networking and meetings and whatnot is light green. And I can see on any given week when the balance is off just by looking at the color on the calendar. And 
ever since I started doing that, it really makes a difference because I can see right away. Oh, you know, I had kind of a lazy week last night, last night, last week on connecting, on collaborating, on meeting with people on one-on-ones, whatever it might be. And then I know the following week, I need to get out there, talk to more people, you know, make sure that I'm continuing to build that pipeline. And it takes a really long time. And one thing, and I, I'm sure you probably suggested this to her, is when you're in that desperate strait, and I don't want to say I've, I've ever felt desperate, but I've definitely felt like, oh, I really wish the money was coming in right now. One thing I did was take a part-time job. So just money was flowing because money attracts money. Yes, it's an energetic does. thing. So uh, I've taken a part-time job. I'm running focus groups. <laughs> yep. Because I know I'm called to be an entrepreneur and that is exactly it. Sometimes it's just, uh, and I remember one time I was really stuck and I was telling my housemate and she was saying the same thing happened to her. She, she just went and got a, she was like, I want to get a minimum wage job. And she's like, literally within a week, by the time I got my first check, everything else started to open up again. I didn't even have to stay there that long. I didn't even have to stay there that long. But it's it's like you're telling the universe, I believe. And that's the part that people forget, right? And you're like, you know, your mouth is telling me you believe. But then when I asked you, you know, oh, so what have you done? Like your behaviors don't support that. So you actually don't believe. Right. So I took, this is crazy. A friend of mine sells clothing and she, we were just chatting. She said, do you know anybody who will drive clothing around for me? You know, with the pandemic, I can't really travel right now. I can't come up, but you know, I love to support all the ladies. And I laughed and I said, I know all the ladies. She said, yeah. And I said, I'll do it. And she said, you will. I said, look, you know, right now I'm still rebuilding post pandemic. It's taken longer than I thought it would take. Uh, Not good or bad just is. And I said, it'll be great. It'll be fun for me. Well, I have to tell you, I love doing it. I love getting out, meeting with the ladies, driving my car, this cute little car. I barely drove in the pandemic. (laughs) I like to actually drive my car, although the traffic's getting bad again. So clearly things are turning around. And, you know, I'm not doing this forever. I, and she's totally worked the whole thing around my schedule. So I was still able to take my vacation in April. We were going to see colleges for my daughter. And, and you know, we're just, uh, I love it. I'm having fun with it. I really like to stay with it, even though I know that that's not going to be in my best interest long term, because it does take some time and it is not the highest paying job. It is not paid at minimum wage. It's, it's just being very, very fair to me, believe me. But, you know, it's different than what I would be getting for a coaching client. I've, I've loved it. And it really has changed things. Immediately, I attracted a new client. like, And I talked to another potential client yesterday. So oh it, it, the shift happens really fast. You're right. I really advocate it. If people are really struggling, just go get some part-time gig. Who cares what yeah. you're doing? It's okay. You know, I remember, I remember growing up, my dad's like, you just need to get a job. You don't worry about what that job is. And uh, I had just finished up my freshman year of college. And I was hanging out for a week or so at home by the pool, whatever. And then the, the following Monday came, it had been about a week. And, and that week, my mother apparently was getting very stressed out. Like, am I just going to sit around all summer? <laughs> Is something going to happen here? And so I come out to the kitchen and I'm in this cute little blouse and a skirt. And my mom said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going to the mall. 
They said, oh, who are you meeting there? Why are you so dressed up? I said, I'm not meeting anybody. I'm going to get a job. <laughs> just like, oh, that was a relief. <laughs> so I did. I went up to the mall. I applied to like four different stores. And, and I knew what I wanted to do. I was going to work part-time for the summer. And I was going to um, learn, take tennis lessons from my girlfriend, Molly. And the mall wasn't far from the tennis court. It was going to be great. And I was started out part-time at Abraham and Strauss in the lingerie department, which was a riot. And mm-hmm. I went to full-time so fast your head would spin because I was very customer-centric. It's just, it's how I'm wired. You know, I always want to make the customer happy. So right away, they're like, you're full time. So I said, okay, <laughs> Molly, we're going to have to change when we play tennis. <laughs> and I did. I worked the whole summer. And my mom was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> so it's okay. Go work a retail job. Go work whatever. I mean, exactly. had. Yeah, my daughter's working a little tiny part-time job. A good friend of ours has broken her foot. She lives by herself. So she has a dog. Uh, she's borrowing the dog from the family. It's a big dog. And she said, I just want some young man to come here and play ball with the dog every day. And I said, well, how about a young lady? So I got someone who could use work. <laughs> she started laughing. So that's what she's doing. Right. Every day she goes and she tosses the ball for the dog and hangs out for like half an hour. And, and you know what's the best? It's outside. She gets fresh air. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty cool gig. It's not a bad gig. It's not a bad gig. So, you know, we all have to start somewhere. So tell me a little bit about how you transitioned from pharmaceutical sales. I'm using that loosely because I know you did more than that to running your own deal. Like when you say transition, when it were part of transitioning. Well, did you say to yourself in the background, I really want to be an entrepreneur. And then you started doing some things in the background to make that happen. Did you say, I'm just out and walk out one day like I did? (laughs) No, uh, I actually had the opportunity to be the live-in aide for my sister, who's uh, handicapped. So I was attempting to have a travel sales job, take care of her, deal with her aides, and I was just overwhelmed. So I decided to leave the travel job, and I was going to look for a local job here in Austin, Texas. And before I could even, you know, Literally, before I could even turn in applications, because I was like six days after I gave my 30-day notice, I met a woman who invited me to an E-Women Network meeting. Nice. E-Women Network meeting, the woman who talked, and I don't know why I've always, Patty Danucci, thank you, there you go. She goes, The Intentional Networker, Um, that's her book. But Patty Danucci spoke on the difference between goals and purpose. And I realized I had been chasing goals. And that's why I kept having the ebbs and flows. And that's why the drive was not consistent and was not lasting. It waned. And so I remembered in an instant in that meeting that when I was 13, I had three businesses. I had wanted to be a um, entrepreneur, but because of my upbringing, my background and the abuses that were happening, I didn't follow my dreams, so I immediately knew that it wasn't an accident that I heard it. Like, you know, why else would something that I had totally forgotten about come to my memory so vividly, and I've never looked back? That's great. That's great. You Women Network is amazing. That's Sandra Yancey, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I've been to a couple of the events. They're really an amazing group. 
Amazing. So now Shiftco, how does Shiftco differ from eWomen Network? Shiftco is a business growth community. Got it. Entrepreneurs, eWomen Network is a networking organization for women entrepreneurs. Got it. Yeah. So that's a big difference right there. (laughs) They're more more centric around events. Right. Where Shiftco is more centric around actually, you know, teaching you the uh, knowledge, skill, and application of running a successful business. Nice. So that's really an incredibly valuable asset. Yeah. In your back pocket, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Well, anytime really in a business. I mean, because we're growing and evolving. You know, we hit that. I always like to reference uh, the big leap, Gay Hendricks, you know, the upper limit limit problem. We, We get to a certain level in our business and then... We kind of have that moment where we're trying to figure, it might be a long moment, <laughs> where we're trying to figure something out and we've, yeah. we can't get to the next level. Yes, I think um, that's and I've really been practicing that, by the way. It's been very interesting to see that I, I keep getting out there and saying, all right, you know, the next time I'm going to raise the price, I'm going to get this to where this business should be. You have to like stand in the mirror, at least I do, stand in the mirror and say it over and over again. I charge and then that dollar amount <laughs> until you can say it without feeling icky. Yeah. At least for yeah. me, that's been me because I'm like that conscious entrepreneur. I just want to help people. Yeah. So mine is, I, I don't, I actually align with value because I believe value first money follows. And so when I'm speaking to people and asking how much does it cost or what's the price of it, the investment, right. I emphasize that it's an investment. Any time spent with me, you will be better off. Absolutely. And like, you know, so when I'm thinking about a price, you know, my price is going up. The question is, what what more do they receive? Not that I deserve it. What more, you know, how how have I invested in myself more? So why does that that client end up better off? And that's interesting because I hear people a lot talk about, you know, price increases. And I, I, and I now, like, it took me a while to understand it. And it was because, again, coming from a value and having taken some assessments where I score ridiculously high on the honest, <laughs> like, the person who did the assessment was like, like, your score is literally the highest I've ever seen. <laughs> but so that instead level of integrity, right? Because I've, I've experienced people who charge a bunch of money. And when I finished, you know, working with them, I was like, what? Now what? Right? Right. And that's not a good feeling. So So one of the things I did so that I could get to that higher number was to rethink, and I do have a sales coach, and she helped me with this, to rethink what was I going to offer. And so I changed it so that at the very beginning of the time I work together with my clients, they get a four hour, half day, super juicy, accelerate your success session where we start actually working on the stuff they want to work on. And the minute I put that in there, I was like, oh yeah, I can say this number because I knew that it was going to be yummy value, like right up front, immediate results. And when you can do that, and you can find that thing that's your gift and own it, then it's not that hard to, to say your value because you, know you know it's there. You know you got it. So I think that's a, that was a huge lesson for me this year was to really look at it and say, what can I give people that I know is like 
my superpower, where I can really yeah. help them shift their lives in an, a really meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, been, it been such a sea change for me. Yeah. So for me, it was just during COVID, I, I did as many talks as I could and I acquired as many testimonials I, as I could. And yeah. just, so I just started to read what people said and realized <laughs> that, right? And and just the response of people when I was saying the price, they couldn't believe like the price was too low or that, or they couldn't believe what they had, you know, how, you know, midway through our work, the experience that they were having. So that's when I knew it was time to, um, there was room for me to move that pricing needle up. And I was hoping you'd go to testimonials because I was like debating, do I talk about this or that? So testimonials was next on my thought list here because the fact is when we can get great testimonials from clients, then that speaks to your value without you having to say a word. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because, and this is why sometimes I struggle because I've been in groups where they're, you know, where someone, where people actually ask, if they can massage the testimonials or say, I can write it for you. And so I just like, so aren't they like, how real are our testimonials? Like, it's just like everything. It's, it used to be that the testimonial was strict, strictly from the client. Right. Like I said, I hear so much now. Like I don't, all I tell them to, to you know, only thing I say is think, don't write it to me. Think right. about someone else who asked you if they want to work with me. Right. And what would you tell them? That's how you write the testimony. That's right. all I ever tell them. Because like I, like I said, the integrity, the work that I do and what I teach people too, it's, you know, it frees them to just be completely themselves. And you, with the minute you start tweaking and playing in the gray with some things, you move, you're, 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 you erode your confidence. Because yeah. you can't lie to yourself. Everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah, right? If you can't look yourself in the mirror in the morning, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I put a form together that says something like, what was the problem? You know, why did you hire me? And then how did we work together? You know, a little story around that. And then what was the solution? You know, what were the results? How did it go? So it's kind of like, you know, the problem solution like an old fashioned case study, just because a lot of people are like, well, what do I write? So if I can give them a structure that they can follow, that's super easy. Now it's not like it's maybe four questions and I don't have a hardcore, like, oh, it has to show your ROI. It's just, you know, what were the results? How has your life changed since you worked with me? And then they have the structure and they can write it. And I don't, the only time I ever tweak anything is this if there's a spelling error. No. I, people say what they're going to say, and that's that. I, uh, yeah, see, I'm, I'm re- with you on the integrity piece. It's really huge. So as we're wrapping up, I know, hard to believe, the time has flown. What, actually not hard to believe with me because I love talking to people. So what is one of your favorite productivity strategies? The countdown timer. Really? Uh-huh. This one? Hold on, I have one. Where is it? The time timer? Do you use that one? It's got the big red dial on it. Oh, just a countdown timer. You got can, it. You have what you have them on your phone. You have like, right. you know, you can put it on your uh, laptop. You can Google like 20 minutes. Right. And 
right? So I actually use one of those. It's right on Google. It's easy. Yeah. So yeah, a countdown timer, right? Yep. It frees you to try to figure out how much time you have left. That's where people burn most of their time, trying to figure out how much time they have left. So you don't have to think about it because it's right there. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. And you get much more done. That probably explains why people love the power hour that I provide. Because <laughs> they're all like, we know how much time we have. And, we're, and, and, and I'm the one counting down the time. Not literally. I just set that little timer on Google and I go and they'll do our work. And it makes a huge difference. So I love that countdown timer. No one has brought that one up yet. I've been doing this a while. So that's great. I'm really thrilled you shared that. How can people find you? Because you're amazing. Um, so they can go to my website, Michelle, M-E-S-H-E-L-L, Baker.com. I'm on LinkedIn. So you can friend me and message me, or you can email me at Michelle at MichelleBaker.com. I do respond to email. And, and yes. reference and just reference this podcast, because if I don't know you, <laughs> I might think it's a spam. Right. But if you tell me, oh, I heard you and, you know, that's why you're reaching out. I'll definitely. I love it. That's really great. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was wonderful to talk with you today. I have had more fun. I learned a few things about sales. <laughs> and I'm really grateful you came on today. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was so fun. Thank you for having me. This is a great, great platform. It's truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.